Hello and welcome to the Rheumatology Republic podcast. I'm Felicity Nelson. With COVID-19 cases climbing in Victoria, some rheumatologists are being called up to help with the frontline care of sick patients. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Moeed Mian, a rheumatologist at Austin Health and Northern Health, who's been working with patients who have coronavirus. Dr. Mian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So can you just give me a little rundown of how your life has changed in the past few weeks? So when the first wave uh, hit, um, yes, we were getting some patients coming through with COVID-19, but I wasn't really too involved with them um, because I think it was pretty, sh- it was luckily short-lived. But the um, but I started ward service just last month, so um, for general medicine at uh, nor at the, the Northern Hospital, um, and uh, yeah, so I think the the first thing that really hit me was that my registrar, who, uh, who I was supposed to be working alongside for the whole month, within two days of uh, starting uh, work there, um, she called me and told me that oh, I've been asked to go into isolation. Um, because I've been in contact with a healthcare worker in, the, in this hospital who uh, actually has got COVID-19. So I'm out for two weeks. And that's kind of when it really hit me that, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is going to be a bit of a bit of a problem. And um, it's something that we're going to have to deal with more than just on a patient level. Um, and uh, I was initially supposed to be dealing with patients who did not have coronavirus. And that was kind of the understanding that I would have the non-COVID uh, patients uh, who have medical problems that are admitted and, and that those would be the, the patients I would deal with. But pretty quickly, things started, started changing. There was a rapid influx of a lot of patients coming through with COVID-19 that um, certain wards weren't really able to, to cope with it. And, and so uh, uh, we had to sort of start taking the overflow of those patients. So I can't say I'm the most uh, equipped or uh, experienced in these patients, but uh, I've certainly started to have to deal with a lot of these patients um, as the month sort of uh, ended. Uh, so yeah, it was a big change. Uh, it's definitely changed how I, um, you know, what my plans were in the beginning. I mean, I should have been in the UK, but that's all pushed away. And then now all of a sudden I'm doing, um, yeah, dealing with patients who've had the, the virus. And what's it like going to work now? So what's sort of an average day for you? So it, it does vary from month to month. So there's certain months that I do ward service and then there's other other months that I do more weekend-based work um, in, in general medicine. Uh, having said that, however, most of my most of my work, the bulk of my work in the in, in the week is actually rheumatology work. Um, and in both hospitals, I also do a bit of private work at the moment. Um, and uh, a lot of that has nothing to do with the, the coronavirus, but but whenever I'm dealing with the general medicine side of things, uh, it's definitely, yeah, something that uh, that we're having to uh, come across a lot more. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, I, I've been doing sort of one one day a week at the hospital. Um, although, uh, but when it's uh, my ward service, it's three days uh, a week at the very least. Um, so it's about between three and four hours uh, that I would spend there um, in the wards at that time. And can you just describe what that's like, sort of 
you know, um, coming in contact with some of these patients who've got this pandemic strain, um, you know, do you have to put on a whole lot of PPE? Are there a whole lot of procedures that need to be followed? Yeah, lots, lots of things have changed. Uh, I mean, the, the, you know, the hustle bustle of uh, hospitals, which I'm so accustomed to, um, especially, you know, in the, in the front uh, uh, main entrance area. I mean, that's all gone uh, for, for, for starters. People are only allowed in if, uh, if it's completely essential. Um, and uh, most visitors are not allowed in anymore. Uh, and there are, and, and these these rules keep changing. Uh, and every week we've got something new happening, so it's really hard to keep keep up to date with what's happening uh, and what the new hospital based policies are. But but at the moment, that's what's happening. Um, anyone that comes into hospital, including staff, need to get temperature checked. Um, they have to fill in questionnaires to ensure that they don't have any symptoms. Um, and that's kind of how you actually enter the hospital. So it's a it's a huge change uh, on how to you know, and it kind of is quite confronting. And then a lot of ward based stuff. Yes. So there's a um, you know everyone's supposed to be wearing masks um, whether or not they've got clinical contact. Um, we've got face shields. We've got proper PPE, and we're I think we're lucky. Uh, maybe it's because of the first wave that we've got good stock of these things at the moment. So. Uh, I haven't had a, any issues with PPE, but yeah, that's something that we are wearing for our, our COVID patients for sure at the moment. Um, and what sort of work do you do with these patients who've got coronavirus? Um, I mean, you're, you're a rheumatologist, but you're, I imagine, doing some kind of... Um, yeah, definitely. My work is beyond, absolutely beyond, <laughs> it's beyond the, the rheumatology side of things. Um, we, uh, it, it kind of depends on why they've come in, but the, the classic coronavirus patient is most likely going to have fever and mainly respiratory based symptoms. Um, and it's really about identifying which one of the, some, some of these patients may get benefit from certain treatments like um, steroid based treatment, um, which as a rheumatologist, I'm very comfortable with um, and antiviral treatment. And then there's a lot of other sort of treatments that are currently being uh, you know, investigated. Um, so it's about identifying who, who would benefit from that. But not only that, we, we also may deal with people who come in with an unrelated issue, but happen to also be COVID positive. And we're getting a lot of those patients as well, who um, otherwise have a mild case of it, but are in hospital for maybe, you know, some other reason, like a fall or some sort of social related issue that's ended up getting them into hospital. So we're getting... Ooh, pretty wide variety of uh, patients, some uh, most that are related to the virus itself, but also some people who, who don't actually have much to do with the virus specifically, but they happen to be positive for it. Or at least sure. they're known, or they have someone in the household that's positive as well. We've had those as well. Um, so then they're in mandatory isolation uh, for presumed or possible COVID. Uh, at the moment, um, so I've, ha I've had a look at the hospital's statistics. So um, as of yesterday, there's 44 inpatients with COVID-19, and one of them uh, is in ICU at the moment. And there seems to be an influx of ICU, sort of between three, you know, up to from one to four patients on, on a daily basis. So that's kind of what the, the hospital is dealing with at the moment. So the ones that are on ventilators are definitely the ones that end up in ICU, and they... Uh, yeah, they they're often discussed with um, with with us, and uh, I, this is a hospital where actually one of the protocols for some of our some of the bigger immunosuppressive treatments require discussion with a rheumatolo with a rheumatologist. So 
Um, so we do often get asked that question of whether or not certain immunosuppressive treatments need to be given for those patients. Um, so we're loosely involved, but not directly. Okay, that's interesting. And what sort of training have you had to do? Yeah, so I think this is such an ever-evolving sort of field. There's so much information being thrown at us um, for the last six or so months on what this is. I, I mean, we're, we're kind of constantly learning um, as a medical or healthcare community. Uh, the um, well, when we talk about training, there's the medical side of things, and then I guess there's a little bit of training around, you know, PPE or what the new hospital policies are. We definitely get regular staff updates on this through emails, um, certain Teams, uh, Microsoft Teams meetings. Um, there's a lot going on from that uh, per perspective. Uh, otherwise, you know, there's a lot of um, journal articles which we we were always accustomed to learn, uh, reading through uh, before COVID, and I think that's just continued. And I'm always looking at the latest research around what's, what kind of trials have been beneficial, what haven't, because uh, you know it, it is a real thing that we're dealing with, and um, we will be the ones making these decisions for our patients. So, so yeah, there's, there, the, the the training's ongoing. Some of it's self-directed. Some of it's through um, the hospital. Um, and what does the experience of working with um, this pandemic disease feel like as a doctor? Is it, um, you know, confronting or scary or is it, um, you know, just quite similar to some of the other work that you've done as a doctor? Look, we, we tend to deal with a lot of um, communicable diseases uh, overall uh, through our medical training, uh, you know, things like tuberculosis, influenza, um, you know, uh, these sorts of uh, diseases, uh, which we tend to, uh, you know, make sure we've got the proper PPE before going in to see patients. I'm treating it at like, um, as no other issue. Uh, I mean, it's definitely confronting more. I think it hits me harder more because I had bigger plans or different plans and the whole world has completely changed. So it's, it's, I think it's more around that. The hospital's changed and there's a sort of an eerie sense of, you know, um, uh, not much happening in the front of the hospital, but when you go in and actually go into the wards, there's a lot of chaos uh, going on. Uh, I think those things are more confronting to me, but from the medicine side of things, the raw medicine, I don't, I don't really, ha I don't feel any different. I don't, I don't feel that this is, you know, uh, I must take even more precautions than I would have otherwise. Um, I think we, we already are, we already do that. We already were doing it. I haven't changed how I feel about that. Sure, that's interesting. And why have they recruited a rheumatologist to help out? Is it um, something you volunteered to do or, or are they low on staff? Yeah, look, I think, well, initially my uh, my plan was for it to be just do a little general medicine on the side before I actually went overseas. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, and so therefore I wanted to keep a bit of that sort of general side of medicine going with rheumatology. Um, and then, yeah, I think I just, you know, got ne never thought this was going to happen, but uh, you know, this is where I've sort of ended up uh, in terms of seeing all these patients, and I will continue to. Um, so it's not that they 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 I uh, was forced into it or anything. I think it was something that I was planning on doing short term, which is now becoming a bit longer. And are there any other rheumatologists who are doing similar things? Good question. I'm not sure. Uh, is the bottom line? I think. I mean, we the rheumatology unit at Northern Health is definitely involved. Um, one of uh, one of my colleagues in the head of unit, uh, Dr. Ford, is definitely one of the ones that's involved in making a decision whether whether some of our patients end up getting 
further immunosuppression like uh, tocilizumab. Um, so I know that, but otherwise I'm not entirely sure whether there other rheumatology units across the the state are are being uh, utilized in such a way. I'm not, I'm not. I can't comment on that. And I've heard there are some staffing issues in general uh, in across Victorian hospitals because staff have come down with COVID nineteen. Is that something you've heard about? Yeah, uh, definitely. So I think, uh, as I said, so uh, when I started off, one of, one of my uh, junior doctors had to go into isolation. So that was that was a big thing for me um, because then we had to come up. With, uh, we had to come up with somebody else that would replace her. Um, so again, looking at some stats from the hospital, there were 80, they have, up till now, there have been 80 staff that have been positive for COVID-19. So this is not just medical staff, but it would be other, other members of the hospital as well. And while that might not seem like a humongous number, it, it, it actually has a, a much bigger impact um, because anyone that has been in close contact, which is a lot of people then, um, they have to go into isolation. And so you actually lose a lot of your workforce in that way. Um, and uh, our hospitals definitely had to deal with that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'd, uh, I know of a few people that have gone into isolation. I've known of a few people that we've worked with who've, got, who've had the virus. And uh, luckily, they've, uh, they've, you know, nothing uh, too uh, untowards happened to them and they've recovered okay. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a real thing, and I think that that's uh, that's that's definitely a very confronting side uh, to this virus, which is a bit different from other ones uh, that we're more accustomed to. Yeah, that's really interesting, um, and that sort of gives us a bit of a peek into what might happen if the pandemic gets worse. You know, you just take that's out right. the departments. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think you're one of the only rheumatologists who's working. Yeah, yeah, and I'm actually going to be working yeah. like next this this weekend. I'm I'm specifically working in a COVID ward, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so interesting to hear your perspective and what's happening down in Melbourne. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can check out our website. It's rumor.com.au. Thanks for listening. <laughs>